When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's the most anticipated WNBA season in history. And you know what that means. Court is back in session. Welcome to Queens of the Court, an Odyssey original podcast. I'm your girl, Cheryl Swoop. And I'm Jordan Robinson. All WNBA season long, we'll be bringing you interviews with star athletes, analysis on your favorite teams, and lots of hot takes. Order, order in the court. Follow and listen to Queens of the Court on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, so I felt like uh, Matt Eberflus uh, today demonstrated again why people who respect him and his the way that he talks and, and approaches football. I think today was a good another good example of why he is a I don't say the right head coach for something like this, but it's certainly it's good to have somebody an adult in the room. I feel like he said that some of the some of the things that you expect him to say, but again, some of the things that would have come up during his job interview, he's equipped to handle this because he's a football lifer and he's been through more difficult periods before, but what to you stood out as far as what he said about enduring this adversity? Oh yeah. Well, we'll play a little bit of it in a minute, but I, I, you know, I think that he's been leaning for the last three, four weeks as the losses have piled up. Remember they've only won one game since September ended, right? Like it's, that's a long time ago uh, for, to only have one victory. And it's that game in, in new England, but, but Eberflus has said that, look, there's character within that locker room that that's going to be a flotation device essentially. And, and, and it's going to help keep us steady and above water through the end of the season, because guys in that room, uh, understand what it is to be a professional, understand what it is to be a united team member, uh, and they'll lean on that. But I, you know, I still have questions, right? Like there's still, there's <laughs> this team is still three and nine, right? And we do, I don't know what we've learned about Matt as a, a, a chief overseer of this team right now. And it was a question we asked early in the year that when the losses pile up, you know, your first job as a head coach is making sure that, uh, you know, dysfunction doesn't creep in. And, 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 um, you know, the, the two famous military leaders that, that, uh, occur around this time, uh, general malaise and major disinterest, right? Those are, <laughs> those, those are the two guys that the bears have to keep out of the building, uh, uh, around this time of year. We'll see if they can do it. Um, Look, I, I mean, I, I think this is a major challenge for a coach to, to, to keep the investment level, to keep the concentration level, to keep the commitment level, because we knew that the hits principle, right, David, was going to be this fuel for what they were going to try to do in July and August and back to the, the offseason in June. Um but now what does the hits principle get you? And, and so there was some questions today, you know, Mark Potash from the Chicago Sun-Times pressed Eberflus on, on whether the hits principle has actually uh, generated the, the results he's wanted to. There was a little back and forth there. Here's a sampling of, of what Matt Eberflus had to say. I think foundation is huge. I think building foundation for, for your organization, okay, for your football team is, is huge because you have to lay that foundation of what the standards are, how we operate, how we practice, how we go about our business, how we treat each other in the building, how we respect each other in the building, and that creates high morale. And, and that's what it is. And when the winds come, it's it's a different thing. You know, it's you got to deal with you know all the praise and everything that's on top of that. And that's going to be a different issue when we get there. Um, but uh, but that foundation is what you stand on. 
you stand on the effort, the intensity, you know, the things that we stand on, the principles and the standards for everybody. The standard that's for Justin Fields is the same guy for that's, you know, at the back end of the roster. It's the same how we operate. So that to me is important. And that's when you onboard new guys in the future, that's important that they understand that. But when you do that later in the future, they're going to have these guys to look at and say, hey, just do it like that. And because they understand how it's done, what the standard is, and I think that's very helpful for the future too. So I like what he had to say there and understand why Potsy asked it. And I, I think this, not just with Mark Potash, I think in general sometimes, and I've been guilty of this too, when a way of doing business or an approach by a coaching staff or a player when they assign these clever, you know, acronyms to it so they can remember and teach it and coach it and reinforce it like teachers do, like coaches do. I think sometimes it, it exposes, it becomes more easy to mock because it's there and it seems a little bit juvenile at times, a little bit sophomore. I don't know what the case is, but so he's asked about the hits principle and he's asked about the hits principle and he's asked about the hits principle again. What he's answering is not mock worthy and i think that what the way that he approached it and the way he explained it to me he's just talking about professionalism commitment integrity and dedication i don't care what words uh what letters those words start with i'm not going to put them together in an acronym what you need to get through stuff like this is what exactly he described and it doesn't mean because the bears are struggling that some sort of acronym he attached to a coaching mantra isn't working it just means that it's being tested, and this is it's a good way to remember what's important when times are the toughest, and those are the same things that are going to be important when they do have success. It doesn't mean that it is working either, and my I guess my worry with this is be, he used the, the phrase onboarding, right? And it's like, how many guys do you need to onboard in 2023? And so it's just going to feel like they're starting all over again in a lot of ways, right? If you, if you go to training camp with like, you know, 65 of your, your, your 90 guys being guys that, that weren't here. Right. And that's, that's an exaggeration. Obviously they'll, they'll have more than that, but it's just going to be a lot of redoing and reestablishing. And I know he's saying that, that the players that are here and the, the core leaders are going to set that tone and be able to push things forward. But I think it's going to be like, those guys are going to have to be like, all right, we're, you know, we're introducing this again to a whole new set of uh, players. I don't know. It's, it's just going to, it's going to be fascinating to watch because I think that, you you know, I do think that there's going to be a whole lot of starting all over again in 2023. And yeah, I think that's I what I don't know. I don't know. Dan. I think I think we're not talking about reinventing the wheel here. So here's what I think when he talks about onboarding everything, what, what the Bears are doing. And it's and it's painful to watch because the record reflects a team that's really struggling and talent deficient right now. All they're doing is raising the standard. Agreed. And that's what, that, that's what we've asked for. Right? And I, and I'm cool. I'm, I'm like, I'm cool with the intent and I'm cool with the mission. I'm just not sure that, that we're far along with it. Right. Like, it's, I, I think, I think, we, I think it's worse than we maybe imagine because they have to, before you can raise the standard, you have to establish one. Sure. And I, and I think that by establishing where their floor is, it was maybe, you know, to go out Jerry Angelo, their floor was where the ceiling used to be. <laughs> so now they're setting a standard and they're raising the, the expectation level internally. Eventually what will happen is they'll be good again or competitive again. And then everything else will happen externally to reflect that. What happened Sunday 
at MetLife Stadium was for the first time this season, I believe the Bears weren't competitive. They didn't meet that standard of play or intensity or hustle or takeaway or smart football. And that is why it's a valid question. That's it. But I do believe I do believe that the answer reinforced what I believe is that all that they have done is try to create a foundation and get players who buy into this idea of there's a way of doing business at Hallis Hall. We're going to be professionals here. We are adults here. Let's reflect that. I'm on board with that. I'm on board with it with the attempt. Again, you're three and nine though, and you now you have five more games left, and you've got to keep interest level. And I and and you just pointed it out in the second half. I mean, you can go through that that tape from Sunday's loss, and you just see moments where it's like, well, they weren't tackling like that in September. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. Like right. now, there's different players on the field, and obviously they're 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 of lesser talent. Um, but there's just there's just some some missed plays within there where you're like, eh, you know, Dave Montgomery, a prime example of a guy who still, every time he touches the football is running like it's the last carry of his life. Right. And that those are the guys you want setting the standard and, and being your tone setters every single day. Hopefully they can do that. Um, you know, look like the player's perspective is important on, the, uh, on this. And so we had a chance on Monday afternoon to talk to some of the players. We'll start here with, with some sound from Cole Komet, who, um, Look, like Cole Komet is now in his third season, right, David? He started with the Bears in the pandemic year of 2020. The Bears got off to a 5-1 and one start to that year. And since that time, they're 12-27, and 27, right? So Cole has been a part of long losing streaks in each of his three seasons here. And so he was asked uh, on Monday afternoon, you know, just – what it's like now to to be staring down the barrel of you know a last place finish in the division and you still got five games to go and guys are getting hurt and and this and the other thing how do you kind of kind of navigate this here was Cole's answer it's tough I mean you just kind of kind of stick to your routines and you know um figure things out along the way so you know obviously losing guys doesn't help but um you know as individuals you just got to do what you got to do uh throughout the week you know stick to your routine and and really, at this point, you know, you put good stuff on tape. You know, that's just what it's about. So have some pride in yourself and put some good stuff on tape. And um, if you do that, if each individual does that, you know, I think the outcomes will, will start to change. And then right behind that, David, uh, Cole was asked to compare uh, this current losing streak to two of the other long losing streaks he's been on. Here was his comparison. Anything about this one feel different, you know, first year of a program with Bieber Flues? Um, I... I mean, losing's tough, man. Losing's tough. I don't know if I could say it feels different. Like, losing sucks any, any way you put it. And losing streaks are tough. Um, you know, I appreciate how they've – how Coach has really handled this here. You know, he, he's been consistent every week. You know, whether it's coming off a winning week or a losing week, you know, Coach has been the same. Um, and that's something that you appreciate as a player. He's not deviating from – from how he how he approaches things or things like that, so he keeps it consistent, and you know he believes in his process. And I think guys believe in that in that process with the hits principle and things like that. So, um, you know, I think I think last week, you know, yesterday was really a one off for us. I mean, we haven't really been blown. I think this game and and Dallas were the kind of two maybe that were out of question. But I mean, every every other game we've been in. So um, obviously, it's been tough there at the end for a lot of these games this year. But um, I don't think yesterday was indicative of how we've been throughout you know, the whole season. That's a heck of a thing. Asking Cole commit to compare losing streaks. <laughs> like, which is your favorite hangnail? Yeah. I was like I, I that, but he, he answered it. Well, he, he's a pro. I think he's a keeper. I think he's one of those guys. Again, we can over inflate and fall in love with the, the talent that you see on a regular basis. But you mentioned two guys, David Montgomery and Cole commit. When you're trying to identify foundational players, 
I think those two guys fit the criteria of what you're looking for because they have skills on the field that you can utilize and find ways to accentuate. But I think in the locker room, especially, they represent what you're trying to what you're trying to preach on a daily basis. I've got another one for you, under the radar guy, DeAndre Houston Carson, who also spoke with us on Monday. This guy was drafted on day three in 2016, and he's still here, right? And the reason he's still here is because he has that level of commitment, that understanding of of how to compartmentalize success and failure, the the ability to uh, focus in on a daily basis on your responsibilities and and try to block out the things that you can't control over. And so this is the type of guy that, that as obviously a core special teams leader and then a guy who can play potentially as a starter for you now going forward, depending on, on what, what happens with Eddie Jackson, um, that can set a tone, right. And be an example for guys. And so uh, he's another guy, look, you know, he, he's been through losing streaks with John Fox and Matt Nagy and now Matt Eberflus, he goes back a ways as well uh, and can speak to this a little bit. And so we asked DeAndre Houston Carson, similar to what we asked Cole Komet, just w- what it takes to, to look now at, at, at you, you know, the season doesn't end till January 8th. Now we're still in November. You've got a long way to go to get to that finish line how do you grind through it and what what is it that is the secret sauce uh to help a team through this stretch um i'll speak for myself i'd say probably two things pride like i don't care how many games we've lost you know i gotta turn the tape on and i gotta feel feel good like i put a good product out there you know um so pride and, and then another thing is just loving the game you know, you can't lose that aspect of it, especially when you're losing. Like, it is it is your job, right? It's, it's our job, but you also got to have fun. Like, if you don't, then you're going to drive yourself crazy, in my opinion. This is not a job that you can not like and just wake up and keep doing it. You know, you're going to drive yourself crazy. And like you said, your body's hurt, your mind's all over the place. So I think you got to try to still love the game. Every team in every sport has guys that they identify early on in any sort of rebuild that they – are character guys they want to they may not be the most talented guys but they're worth keeping and they're worth kind of for their example i think deandre houston carson is one of those guys and as you you know described and you've been around him a lot it just seems like when he talks about pride he means it there's not just they aren't just empty words and trying to say something that makes him sound like he's he's buying in he plays that way because dan we know from watching him over the year i mean he's He's a capable NFL defensive back. He's a better core special teamer, but he's willing to do about anything, and he's smart and committed, and you don't worry about him. These are the kind of guys you need in that locker room to create that, to build that platform. So when other players come in the onboarding process to t- go all flucy on you, the onboarding process is a little bit more seamless. Well, I, I, I literally sat here and got goosebumps listening to that audio clip for a second time. And the reason I did, we talked earlier in the season about those those types of clips that you can attach the gentle xylophone music to and, and make them extra dramatic. That's one that you could do it with and, and, and get get that feeling, right? That feeling of, yeah. okay, let's go. But I, I, the reason I, I, I got the goosebumps is because you think about standing uh, you know, next to a practice field with a guy like that after his first rookie camp practice or his first weekend of rookie camp practice and saying like how are you going to stick around right like what's what's your formula and then you you fast forward seven years and you say the guy found the formula right he found his niche he dedicated himself to his niche he kept signing contracts you know he he, he, he earned the trust of multiple coaching staffs and multiple front offices to to, to be at this point and he understands at this stage how to navigate this kind of stuff and so um 
influential stuff, right? Those are the types of guys that you want to, to, you know, lead by example, but also lead by words, right? Like we talked about Elijah Hicks earlier in the podcast. He, he's a, a, a day three safety making his way on special teams right now and looking for opportunities elsewhere. Well, guess what? latch yourself to DeAndre Houston Carson's belt buckle and watch everything he does. Right. And, and, right. and figure out a path to, to be in here in 2028. And so, you know, we'll see where it goes. I, I just like, this is, this is that loss Sunday in New York. It felt like the type of loss that you have the last weekend in December and you go, well, well, you know, locker clean out day is just around the corner. It's it not, it's not the locker clean out day is not around the corner. And so I just, there's just so much for this team to test itself with over the next five weeks. And I hope that they're uh, following the lead. You, you know, the one word that both Cole and DHC used in the, in those clips was, was pride, right? Like a lot of this comes down to personal pride and, and, and how much you care about your craft and how much you care about the, the work that the guys beside you are putting in. It's, it's, it's an important word. Well, it is an important word because it goes back to everything that Matt Eberflus was saying, and we can find different ways of describing or saying the same thing about raising the standard. Raising the standard requires surrounding yourself with players who are like-minded and have that kind of sense of pride in their job, regardless of the record, regardless of the scoreboard, because that was a blowout. And Cole Komet was right. There are other games that they just haven't been that uh, non-competitive. Cowboys was deceiving because it, it got away from them late, but Sunday in the second half was the first time I really felt like, okay, they packed it in. I don't want to say they quit. They didn't quit, but they just were They're not. Just, they were not talented enough to handle yeah. the challenge. Overmatched, yeah, just totally overmatched. And you're just like they don't have answers, and and that's that's where the frustration comes in when you don't have answers, right? And effort's not enough to keep you competitive. That's when it's like, oh man, you know what is all this for? And that that's where you have to find that extra reserve and that extra tank, and and we'll see if they're able to get it done.